And the interesting thing is, I mean, and the beautiful thing is that everybody's a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody out there can tell a story because everyone's got an imagination. They can tell a story. And it, it's really nice when someone who's got this technology, hardware, software, and they've got this imagination, they are able to pick up a camera, record something and get it out there. And it's quite satisfying. Imagine having that yeah. hobby, being able to do it like that and just picking your phone out your pocket and just being able to do your hobby there and then. I think yeah. that's uh, beautiful. Today, we're going to be talking about how to get video right for marketing. As always here on the Caslology Digital Marketing Podcast, we always aim to get industry experts in who can give us the benefit of their knowledge and experience to tell us about the subject matter at hand. So without further ado, let's introduce today's guest. Strategy, Strategy, market research, email, marketing plan, plan, display ads, PPC, content, content, social media, social ads, 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 SEO, welcome to the Casalgy Digital Marketing Podcast. Okay, hello and welcome to Arif Lalji, our video expert. He's going to be telling us how to get video right for marketing. Hello and welcome. How's Ooh. it going? Yeah, yeah good, thanks. And for those of you who are just wondering, this is no coincidence. We've both got the same surname. I know Arif very well. He's obviously my brother. Uh, well, Younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does, he does, uh, people do say you're uh, older sometimes, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll park that. You're obviously a academic fellow at the University of Salford. Been doing, I mean, you've been at the University of Salford for a while now, haven't you? I mean, you've been yes. Been... Started in 2005. God, so it's my 17th year. I mean, I still think 2005 was like five years ago, you know, when you, when, when you get like my, our age, you think, oh yeah, it's yeah. 1990s, about 15 years ago. <laughs> but when you look at it, you think, well, yeah, 2005 was like oh, 17 years ago. Love it, it's great. Uh, you're based in Media City now, aren't you? Is it... Yeah, we're the only university at Media City. And yeah, we've been, we've been, been there for like 10 years now. The actual campus is a proper campus. It's growing and it's great. And the students love it, the staff love it. It's a nice environment on Media City, and it? it's, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's, it's great to be around. I always try to play it cool, do you like if you see a celebrity or something? But but then again, at the end of the day, you, you, you are in professional mode when you're at work, aren't you? So even when we've done like BBC work, you're kind of in awe of them, but because you're there to do a job, you're just focused. What does academic fellow mean in terms of film production? Well, I'm part of the academic team, so yeah. and I do lecture. But there are lecturers as well who work at the university who are who are maybe more responsible for you know a bit more research into the actual you know film industry where academic fellow that research part is not really part of their job but yeah academic fellow is pretty much like lecture lecturer's role so pretty much like since youtube's been out and video platforms have been about you've been really interested in them yeah i remember when i think early 2000s actually probably 2003 2004 something like that you were really into videos on this new platform called youtube yeah. and you did a couple of what i call famous videos i don't know if they're out there but i know you did this michael schumacher video within the background they had the theme you know frank sinatra my way and then mm. there was a scene out of the martin scorsese film casino and you yeah. kind of dubbed that into like a sesame street sketch wasn't it and it was like <laughs> yeah. both both of them were massive weren't they i mean even by today's standards they were massive i mean what did they have like they had hundreds of thousands of views i'm sure they yeah, did a couple a... of million actually there was there was a, yeah two million views at the time and yeah it was just a great time because you could be really creative do you know what I mean? Because of this new platform, YouTube, and you can like, wow, I can download, you know, um, Martin Scorsese 
the audio from it and then you know did lip sync to a, a sesame street sketch and make it you know just to see people's reactions to it was the best bit you know just see how they'd be laughing and you and you'd literally be spending like a week on it like a full week you know i'd finish work go into my bedroom just edit all night for a full week just for that two minute video just with people's reaction and that's that was the great thing because you could be really creative with it at that time yeah i mean i suppose me trying to be a bit of a technical trying to bring it back to marketing but it is what it is then it was still all about engagement when it first came out you had all these millions of videos to play with it was just a great time you know to be if you if, you, if you're like a video editor or a creator because it just changed the game pretty much overnight, which we kind of took full advantage of it. I could, I could actually speak about YouTube for quite a while, but yeah, I, I know nowadays you like making documentaries, writing the script and mm. doing stuff. And I've seen a couple of snippets and it's like really good. And it, do, do, have you entered them into like film festivals and stuff like that? I mean, yeah. Once the documentaries are complete, once they've like finished, then yeah, they'll be going to film festivals. They'll be doing the festival run, hopefully pick up a few awards or a few nominees, a few shortlists, and hopefully just get the, the awareness out for these documentaries as well. Cause yeah. some of them are quite powerful. Well, obviously the, the, these ones aren't just you finish your work coming home and edits <laughs> overnight. These are like big productions. I mean, involving mm. scripts, people, actors. I mean, there's not just you involved as a. Yeah, no, it's a big crew. It's we've got, we've got a big crew of colleagues as well. I'm working with film production colleagues, students, obviously it's a great opportunity for everyone because, uh, you know, I get to work with great students and the students get to work on projects, which will only make them better filmmakers as well. Uh, so it, it is a massive crew. It's about you know, 10 to 15 people working on the project. Well, I was, I was going to say, I've just put your, I mean, for those of you watching on YouTube, I've just put your Instagram on there, which is obviously mm. at Arif. So at A-A-R-I-F dot film f-i-l-m so at arif.film so and you, and you put your snippets up not snippets but like if you're, if you're on a shoot you take some pictures off you've been colleagues yeah. if you've the students you put quite a lot of stuff there what was that again was that bts yes bts behind the what scenes behind Body. the scenes all oh, right I, I call it behind the scenes i don't think i'm down enough yet to call it bts <laughs> I, 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 I was still impressed when you told me about b-roll <laughs> yeah kind of don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll put some b-roll in the back of that so even when i'm talking to clients now they'll say oh what do you do i'll say oh no we just put some b-roll in there <laughs> and i kind of look. but i suppose i want to get kind of get into the talking points of today and obviously get some value for our guests and so i suppose one of the first talking points is i mean we've touched on it a little bit we've talked about the technology of, and i suppose we've only just talked about youtube but how would you say video production has changed over the last 20 years like I say 2003 so about 20 years anyway aren't we? anything major that that you would like to mention or anything yeah i mean it's it's like obvious stuff really you know yeah. the biggest thing i would say is the technology and accessibility to you know making a film or video production i mean you know kaz and i know our kids you know yeah. they're on youtube all the time they're making they're actually yeah. making youtube videos yeah yeah and they're, they're not like you know and they're quite com confident with it and they're just doing it on their phones or their ipads you know 20 yeah. years ago we didn't really have mobile phones like we do now or even ipads or any devices like any handheld devices really that accessible that can yeah. record video but now you know our eight and ten nine year olds are doing it you know, and that's what's changed. I think, especially because 20 years ago, you wouldn't get children making from, oh. and it's not just about children doing it. It's just about being able to, you just switch it on camera record and they know yeah. what they're doing now. And I think it's just the accessibility to it, the technology, not just the hardware software as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah look how easy it is to edit a, a video now and you, know, you can yeah. do it in your phone. 
download a free mm. app you can edit a video and upload it within you can link it to youtube account and it'll be uploaded within a minute you know it doesn't yeah. matter what you make and the and the interesting thing is i mean and the beautiful thing is that everybody's a storyteller yeah yeah Every, anybody out there can tell a story because everyone's got an imagination they can tell a story and it and it you know it, it's really nice when someone who's got this technology hardware software and they've got this imagination they are able to pick up a camera record something and get it out there and it's quite satisfying it's like a hobby you know imagine having that yeah. hobby being able to do it like that and just picking your phone out your pocket and just being able to do your hobby there and then i think yeah. that's uh, beautiful and that's what's yeah. changed i think over the last 20 years so the two big things is basically the technology and the access to technology and i think you, you're exactly right i mean you talk about some soft i mean there's software out there that's probably worth thousands of pounds but there's also software like you said i can download on my phone in literally seconds i can use it and i can edit my video yeah you could make an argument about the adverts that you get on it and stuff but the idea is the concept exists some mm. of them i think some of the apps i've bought i paid like two quid for yeah and these days even the platforms are doing it for you like your instagrams and stuff they do it themselves add the filters but the, the that's the two biggest things so technology and the access to the technology mm, yeah yeah i mean okay. Another thing, like if you're just thinking about like green screen, yeah, green screen oh, technology, yeah. like let's say green screen technology 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, green screen technology, it's very advanced, you know, and only used in Hollywood and, you know, Star Wars and this, yeah. you know, but like it is a simple technology. Like now you just get green cloth and, you know, I've literally got one behind me. Yeah. And it, you can just buy it Amazon Prime, get it delivered in like the same day. Put yeah. green screen up, camera that's up, and, and you've yeah, got yeah. yeah, and that sort of technology as well that was that looked to be so advanced maybe twenty years ago is so yeah. accessible now, and software can easily you know handle that that workflow, that green screen workflow, with just a couple of clicks of a button, even on your phone, and and you're away. You know, and I just think that the creativity, the creativity that is available through that, you, you yeah. can actually get what's in your mind onto a computer screen within like minutes and yeah. i think we're in it's it really is a really good time for creatives and there's so many opportunities out there there are so yeah. many opportunities yeah. out there i mean i suppose just on the green screen thing i mean i was almost disappointed like did you know when i used to, when, well when i used to or when i watched sky sports or match of the day or something i used to think well them studios are really good i'm mean, talking like five ten years ago and i suppose in the last few years i've understood it more basically all well, them studios are really good and then you'd see like Rio Ferdinand or Gary Lineker or someone take a picture, a selfie. And I'm like, what's all this greenness? I thought this was a studio. And then yeah. I think BBC started with the BTS. <laughs> so yeah, BBC started with this behind the scenes footage. I think it was for the, I think where I really appreciated it was it was in the Olympics at Tokyo. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. And they did that thing, didn't they? They showed us like yeah. how they Before. were sat, yeah. where they were sat. And you were like, and yeah. like when, you, when I was first watching, I was thinking, which part of that screen screen and when they did the bts footage you're like wow that's really impressive and it was like really the whole thing was but it's, i think the cleverness is where certain parts are green screen and certain parts aren't yeah and it's then the, it, you can't tell anymore can you i mean it's almost impossible yeah because the technology is so good now the technology is so good and you know people are watching the the olympics like in 4k on these massive screens and they still can't tell the difference and usually if it's green screen you can see like you know if you're on a zoom call and someone's green screen you can usually see you know a little yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but the technology they use now at broadcast level is so good that you, you it's so so good that you can't even tell and that's the illusion that that, that they want to create and i mean you can basically be anywhere in the world now if you want you know yeah. the, like the olympics they were just in a studio in Salford when they, you know, were at yeah. The, at so, so you see, but, but I like when I found that out, I was almost disappointed. I thought they was in some fancy location, on location. Be, and I was like, but yeah, it, it, it's that technology really has advanced, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it, it, it and it will keep advancing. It will keep advancing, like you said. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to, I suppose planning a shoot so i mean if we were like if we're thinking about people are listening to this and they're thinking right i want to go doing a video shoot it might be for your business might be for a hobby like you said it might be for your own business might be brand building could be anything or maybe just just for fun maybe taking the kids out or something but what sort of planning do you need to do and when i'm talking about planning i'm talking about like scripts and deciding what shoot you shoot and stuff because <laughs> there's like a finite amount of time that you have so you need to have planned it. So in terms of that, I mean, we'll come on to the like on on location later on. But what planning can we can people listening or watching do in terms of scripts and things like that? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a massive area of of the filmmaking process. Pre production, we call it. You know, before we you start production, we need to know what we're going to shoot, why we're shooting, where we're going to shoot, how we're going to shoot it. So all these questions you need to answer before you actually start shooting, because otherwise you're just going to be improvising on set and it will affect your final production. It'll affect the quality. So you just want to be prepared and like anything, you know, like anything you do in life, you want to be prepared as much as possible. So let's say, for example, you're doing a, I mean, a few months ago, I was doing some commercial stuff for a dentist okay. local to me here. So I got a call. He's like, oh, can you come and do some interviews? I'm like, yeah cool i can do that and then i said okay i need to know where i'm shooting yeah so can i come and do a location recce he's mm. like yeah sure cool so i went there and i was trying to and first thing i want to look at is where am i going to park yeah okay just where am i going to park because the, the dentist is there there's a local car park but they had a car park just at the back so because i'm going to be carrying kit right on, on the actual mm. day so where to park and then how to get up there to the stairs yep found that and then just just scanning the room, doing a proper location recce so I can visualize where I'm going to place the people I'm interviewing, where I'm going to place the camera, the light. Mm -hmm. So I'm scoping this out, taking pictures, making of the light temperatures, you know, oh, where wow. the lights are going through the windows, what lights are being used, or what practical lights are being used in the dentist. And then that make that helps me plan for what kit I can bring to then further enhance this, this interview. So that's like the technical aspects. And... You know, this location recce would probably last me about half an hour to an hour. And I'd ask like, and I'd be like scanning everything, the sound, the traffic going past the window. Is that going to impact the interview? Oh, yeah. Is the, is the wooden floor going to impact the interview? Where am I going to be sitting? Gosh. Everything like that, you know? So I would actually be making notes and I'd, I'd, I'd start making, uh, I'd start producing a, a, a document for the, this the pre-production kind of process okay. and then obviously you've like the script obviously you know oh. and then obviously you work with the client with that you know what questions do you want to ask oh, and, right, okay. and, and, and how you want to do it and how you're going to deliver it and then you make sure that the, the content isn't repetitive but then you work with the client in that sense because obviously they will 
they'll know what they want to get out of this video. You know, is it like a testimonial? So, you know, you want to make sure you, you concentrate on one area of the, of the actual business. And yeah, I mean, it, and then you've got to think about your kit, you know, what kit you're going to bring, you know, you have mm. a kit list, what kit you bring, what kit you might need to hire in, you know, or if you need any other crew as well, so, like there's, there's lots of that process and, and even going back to the location recce itself, you, you're going to be thinking about health and safety, you know, um, oh, yeah, risk fire assessments, exit, yeah, yeah. risk assessment, fire exits, you know, where the local hospital is, where the local police station is just in case, you know, you, you just need to make a note of this. And if you're bringing in any crew, like, which mm. I do regularly, you know, I'll have a, yeah. a, you know, a runner or a second shooter or something. I need to find out where the local bus stops are, local train stations. Just if they're making their way mm. to local tram stops, and I'll make a document of, you know, I produce a document exactly where everything is. So I could just send them that document and say, right, this is where I'm shooting. This is what time you need to be. It's like a call sheet. This is what time oh, you need to right, be here. Okay. Yeah, this is what time we're going to have lunch. Yeah, this is what time we're going to wrap. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, and it's, it's a full schedule. So it's, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's really detailed. Um, it's a lot of information. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's loads. And, and this is just a commercial shoot. If, if you're working on a short film or a documentary, it might even be more advanced. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this is just like a commercial shoot that we were doing and, you know, and then you can then concentrate. I mean, I mean, this document is, is a good few pages. It will be a good few pages, everything there. And then once you've done that, you can then concentrate on the actual shoot itself. So when you turn up that day, you know exactly what to expect. You know exactly. You're not asking any mm. questions. You know you, you, you're I set. Think, uh, okay, I think we're gonna we're gonna do on the sh at the shoot shortly. But you, you mentioned scripts before. So where do scripts and storyboards come into this? Like, at what stage are you looking at that? Yeah, that's also the pre-production process. You would you would work with the client on the scripts. You know, what, yeah. What questions do they want to ask? What message do they want there? Yeah. Yeah, what's that message? And you'll know a lot about that with your marketing. Yeah, yeah. That says, I mean, there's always like an objective. What do we want to get out of this? So yeah. obviously, you're like, I mean, I'm guessing like you'd have, you'd have a script based on what they want to get out of it, and what what information that they want to get across to their odd target audiences. So yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah, script makes sense. So then, how does that, how does that lead on to like a storyboard? Because a storyboard is almost like is it like a comic strip that tells you how yeah. things go? Yeah, it's just like a visual representation of what's going to happen that day. Um, okay. But with like a, something like a, a sit-down interview with the camera on, uh, static camera on tripods and, you know, just two camera angles. You can storyboard that, obviously, but you know what angles you're going to be doing. You, okay. You're going to be shooting. So, yeah, you could still storyboard that. And if there's any cutaways that you need to shoot or like B-roll, like you say, you know, you can include that into your storyboard. But with a short film, let's say, or something like scripted, um, yeah. then a storyboard is really important. The director and the cameraman or the, you know, the director of photography, they will work with, with the storyboard because they want the film to look and how long the each scene is going to play out for, you know, is the shot going to be a close up? Is the shot going to be a wide or a medium close up? Yeah. Or, you know, you've got all these different variations. How long is this shot going to last for? Is it going to be, you know, ex exterior, interior? Yeah. So the storyboard will help with that, that, that visual. And then, you know, when you get on set and you have a storyboard, you have a shot yeah. list as well. They yeah. tie in together and then you have a floor plan as well you know the floor they're like the foundations of the actual pre-production 
Yeah, just going back to like working with clients, they will actually, you know, before you actually touch base with them, a good client will say, you know, this is the idea we want. Here are some examples of videos that we want. Ah, and, right. You know, so you, you like having someone has examples of stuff. Yeah, yeah, see I, I like that. And, I, I, and if they don't, I usually ask them. And to be honest, going back to what we just said then about YouTube and being it so accessible, they would have seen it anyway. You know, they know what they want. Yeah, they, they, they've, been, they've been inspired by something. I mean, yeah, they've either yeah. seen a, a competitor or they've seen someone on TV and thought, oh, I'd love to do that for my business. Yeah, they've already seen it on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, and they're like, "Oh, I want to do that." So I'm going to look for someone to do it. Oh, I found someone, and they'll and they'll approach me or whoever you know via yeah. email. Say, "This is what I want to do. Here's some examples." And I love that because it's like, okay, I know kind of what they want. So that's okay. you know, forty percent of the of the the creative idea already done because I've got a really good idea of what they want. Okay. So, I mean, if you've got, I mean, some of the examples I'll be getting, I suppose, in marketing, we're probably doing sort of events, we're doing venues. Do you know when you see these videos of an event, of a highlight, highlights reel almost of an event, how do you do that? Do you, does that include storyboarding or does that, like, or do you just take longer footage and just take snippets out of it? I mean, what's the best way to plan for something like, like say, say you've got a new venue you want to show off, maybe it's a wedding venue, maybe it's yeah. an event you've been to and you want to kind of pick out the key highlights because obviously yeah, no one's yeah. going to sit there and watch something for an hour or so. They want something short and to the point. Yeah, so if you're doing something like that, I would say on the day, you know, you're shooting something, get extra coverage of anything, you know, extra coverage that you can then use in in this kind of highlights reel. And I know what you mean, like a highlights reel that plays to music. Yeah. Sometimes you're shooting like uh, in like a higher frame rate as well to get that nice, you know, slow motion effect. Yeah, yeah. Higher frame rate. So I would say kind of be as creative as well and just get extra coverage, you know, really nice close-ups, you know, change the lens, you know, yeah. use different lenses, use a macro lens to get a bit close up or a few wides, you know, you know, invest in a gimbal, a nice oh, smooth gimbal. Sorry, you lost to tell us what, what's a gimbal? You know, like these handheld stabilization you can... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, I've got those. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know... It, get you can get really advanced obviously you can get the selfie sticks which is like yeah. about five quid but then these gimbals can go up to like 500 quid quite easily you know yeah, um, yeah. it's the ones that they, where they hold them and they kind of do that yeah you can get the moving yeah, yeah. yeah yeah you can get them but it's it's just really stable it's like it looks yeah. like it's floating you know so and if you want to create a show reel not a show reel but if if, if you want to create like a highlights video as well yeah you know just put yourself in in the viewers shoes like what do they want to see that they want to see the interesting parts right they yeah, want to see absolutely. interesting parts they want to see a bit of emotion maybe in there as well and it's all about the uh, and the pace of the edit as well comes into it as well like how you cut it and what music yeah, you use to yeah. it so all these elements come together to you know to, to yeah. produce like an interesting piece of work to look at and if it's 10 seconds long if it's a minute long or five minutes long you, you can't ever you know, you've got to keep the, the viewer engaged. Absolutely, yeah. See, I mean, that, that, that's a big thing for us. I didn't realise how quickly time's pressing on, but I suppose each question we talk about could be 40 minutes within itself, at yeah, least. Yeah. Okay, so, if I mean, if we look at the, the next, how, I suppose, the, the next point, I suppose, it ties into what you've said. How do you make best use of that time on the day? Because, I mean, it costs a fortune to have a film crew on. I mean, we've worked, we've done work before, we'll do work in the future and stuff, and we know that 
right, okay, we've got the person who's in the film, we've got the runner, you've got the sound person, you've got this, mm-hmm. and everyone's there just for that one day. And if it's outdoor and the weather's good and it's just perfect, you can't, I mean, you can't predict what's going to happen in the future. So how do you make the best use of time and resources on the day? I know you mentioned you have the document that kind of shows you what's doing. Is it, I mean, do you just follow that? I mean, is there any, I suppose, tips just to make the best use of time on the day and the resources that you have? Because when we're talking to clients, sometimes we'll say, yeah, we'll be on location for two days. It's going to cost this much for the crew. And then I'm on a clock as well, because I've told the client, if I suddenly say, sorry, mate, it's not going to be two days, it's going to be four. Mm. One, it's un, it's not something the client was expecting, and two, how do I even know the crew's available for them extra two days? So mm. how how do I make best use of it? Yeah, this is a it, this is a tough question because you can't really foresee what's going to happen, you know, on the day. You know, mm. you can plan, you can plan, you can plan, and that helps. Obviously, I, I would never cut corners on planning, okay. but then on the day when you get there, you know, you you've you've set out as best as possible but say something happens on the day like you it, it starts to throw it down you know uh, and mm. yeah you know that will make, you know cause issue off there's a fire alarm went, went off yeah. you know, in, in the building or something happened or yeah. you know, so, uh, talent doesn't turn up or they get nervous and it doesn't happen you know you just have to kind kind of try and deal with it there and then as yeah. quick as possible and try and get the job done um, okay. as professional as possible and I mean, every job is different, obviously. So, I mean, mm. I can just talk from experience, but experience does help with those situations. Oh, the more experienced okay. you are and the more work you do and the more people you work with and having those right people skills as well. Because obviously, you know, you're there to do a job, you pick up a camera, you record, you get some beautiful footage, but you've got to have people skills as well. You've got to know how to deal with situations. You've got to know how to deal with, you know, something happens on set. Yeah. You know, you, you have to manage that situation because you need to get this job done. And what was the document that you were talking about before? I think you said, were you planning? Is it the call sheet that you said, this is yeah. going to happen at this time and that's going to happen then? Do yeah. you kind of have that in front of you and make sure that everyone's following it? I mean, is there yeah, a I mean, way like, to make sure that's being followed, basically? Yeah, I mean, you have a call sheet. A call sheet is sent to everyone who's going to be on set as part of the crew, as part of the talent that gets sent the night before or you know, a couple of days before it tells yeah. you what time you have to be on set, you know, what the weather's going to be like, where, where it is, but you know, uh, everyone's phone numbers will tell you a schedule of the day, yeah. you know, a brief schedule, but yeah. And that's sent to everyone so that they know what to expect. Everyone knows kind of what's going to happen, but obviously you can, you can send an actual schedule of, of works as well, like a, a production schedule, um, okay. which is which can be probably a bit more detailed and which then everyone, but you know, you'll have a, that on set. And if you're working on like a short film, you know, you'll have a shot list. Right, okay. You know, you like, you'll have like 20 shots and like, you'll just take them off. And whose who's job is it to make sure that's on track? Like when I've done it, well, events with yourself and we've been doing, I mean, a lot of things that we do are like when someone's putting an event on where they're filming, taking photos. And to be honest, if they're, if the person's speaking for 40 minutes, then doing Q and A, you are almost on a clock. So I'll be mm. kind of on my phone, like I'll have, I'll, I'll have a plan of what's going on, make sure we've got this. So do you have like a, do you recommend having an extra person there? Because I always just go as the person who's just making sure everything goes according to plan. I suppose, I don't know, what, how do you recommend we you, is it just up to the director? I mean, do you need that person there? I mean, it just depends, obviously, you know, who you've got in your crew. If it's a one-man band, yeah, you know, like I was for for years you know yeah. one man band obviously you've, you've got to deal with that all yourself but if you've got you know 
crew and you say so you're working on a short film yeah everyone's got the role like you said before mm. the sound is just concentrating training on sound yeah. the runners you know they've got their jobs to you know make cups of tea and you know do bits of this and that and you've got the cinematographer who's just concentrating on the camera and what he's producing the image the director's directing it all then you've got people like the first ad like the first assistant director who will be oh. then um, working with the schedule and making sure everything's um going going to plan oh yeah i think that's how i was thinking yeah. yeah and so everything kind of in a big team everyone's got their own and that's the great thing about like film production is that yeah. when you see a crew working on set one's got their role and they just concentrate on that role and that's it yeah i, I like that because i mean i think i suppose like you say it depends on how big your production is it's like i mean i remember when i used to work at tesco's i've worked in retail where i've worked in just as me in one small shop and then I've been part of a team of 700 people in a massive Tesco store yeah. where in the small shop, you're responsible for everything. Where in the big shop, you're responsible for just one department or yeah, just yeah. one area of the store. So I suppose it's almost, I'm not, I'm not comparing it to Tesco, but I'm just trying to say maybe like on that, like you said, when you were a one man band, you had to think of everything. But yeah. as you, as, as, I suppose it just depends on the size of the production, I suppose. Yeah, it does. Obviously, if, you, if you're a one man band, you're not going to take a massive production, are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. But everyone, you know, I think everyone who, who's in this industry starts off as a one-person band, a one-man band, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's as... okay. I mean, I suppose moving on slightly, well, to, I suppose, the post-filming, yes. can you recommend, I mean, I suppose people who might be listening to this or watching it, there'll be, a, I suppose, a wide variety of people, me, but I'm guessing that many of them maybe won't have unlimited resources, they'll have a fine amount of time, maybe at most, maybe have two or three people, or maybe just one person looking after the editing. And editing is like, until you actually realize how much it is, because initially when you think about it, you think, oh God, it must be hard being on set and doing all this. But I found the hard, one of the hardest bits is the editing afterwards. Right. I didn't realize how long the person needs to do it. Because you think, well, okay, we filmed it today, got the edit will be ready in a couple of days. And when I say this, I'm thinking in the early days when I started it, but yeah. really editing is like much later. It's about like when you get a wedding photogra uh, photographer, they'll say, yeah, they'll be ready in two or three months or in six months. And you're like, wow. So I think uh, I suppose we could confirm that editing is a big part. And while you're on that, is there any editing software that you could suggest for those maybe starting out or in the early days? Yeah, I mean, yeah, editing is a huge part of the filmmaking process. It's obviously the best part of the filmmaking process and the most enjoyable, <laughs> from my from my view. Yeah. And like you just said, I mean, you you could f finish a film in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the the whole mm. the whole film's shot, and the edit can take months. So the editing yeah. is the longest part, and obviously you've got to get that right, haven't you? You've got to get the editing yeah. right because otherwise the film won't land. You know, you, the film looks great on paper, it looks great in the camera everything's right the performance is great but if the edit's bad even if one element of the edit is, is you is, notice is it don't you? yes what, what if the sound's bad or the color what if you've not color graded it right or you know the pacing's off or some of the just it just doesn't land it's obviously because you're trying to create this fictional world right yeah let's say it's a short film you're trying to create this fictional world if if your audience are watching this film and the edit's not right then they're out of that you know they're just out of that fictional world. Yeah, if you were going back to sort of things like markets or businesses would do for themselves, maybe doing, like you say, doing the interview or the testimonial, maybe doing something on the venue or a quick highlights of the event or something. Is there any decent software you'd either recommend, yeah. or maybe not recommend, but yeah, yeah. things that you reckon we well, can use? Yeah, obviously, when it comes to mobile devices, I'm not 
too sure about your editing because I don't really use mobile devices, but I, I know InShot is one that I know that I've used. Before. Yeah, you told me about that, and I, I still use InShot now for yeah, those. In... I mean, it's not like a. I would. I mean, I wouldn't do a client testimonial and edit on InShot, but if you've got a quick thing you need to just put onto Instagram or you need yeah. to put onto any social platform. So yeah, yeah I use InShot. Yeah. And there's another one on mobile devices actually that one of my colleagues recommended, Stephen Wyatt, Filmic Pro. Oh, okay. so there's one called filmic pro uh, i'm not sure if you have to pay for it. i think they do a free version but if you have to pay it it, it it i don't think it's too much i think it may be like 20 pounds maybe oh, okay. so that's on mobile devices but on the desktop devices laptops yeah. macs pcs the top of the list is davinci resolve all right okay. you say that with a smile on your face as if you're like that is the... Yep, that's the one that I use. I'm a certified trainer in DaVinci Resolve. I teach it in, at the university. I use it and it's free. Really? It is free. Wow. It, it is absolutely free. They do have a studio version, which is £250. Okay, which... It's not really a lot free. when you think about it, yeah, is it? But if I tell you know the viewers now that at the university, majority of our classrooms have the free version in. So I teach wow. the free version. Yeah. So for what our your students... Student... Yeah, yeah, our so... students make films in the free version. We do have the studio version installed in some of the rooms as well. And it does have a few extra kind of features. But... Wow. Yeah. For, for, for can... what they need to use it, you can use... Divi... Yeah. So I suppose the hardest part of that is probably knowing how to use it, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, exactly. But there's so many resources out there. And, you know, DaVinci Resolve have a, an unbelievable training resource for free. So you go, oh, you go wow. under, if, if anyone goes on Google now and types in DaVinci Resolve training, you go to their website and you can actually do that and get certified, be a certified user for free. You do the exam online, you do their PDF. Oh. It is, it is, it, it will take a while. Okay. It's, it's about a 600 page PDF. You do that and then, uh, yeah, you can use it. And all their videos are up there. The resources, oh, it's unbelievable. But they're oh, great. Right, okay. I mean, so that, 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 that's that's one that you'd recommend. So you've mentioned InShot and what was Pro. it? Filmic Pro for mobile devices. Yep. And for desktops, you'd mention you'd re recommend uh, DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve, mostly because it's a brilliant, but secondly, because it's free. You know, I just think <laughs> it's actually a great actually editing software. I mean, there are others. Everyone knows about Premiere Pro, you know, um, and the whole Adobe CC package. Obviously, you have to pay quite a lot for that. Yeah, and then you've got Final Cut Pro, Final Cut Pro X on the Apple, which is you know a couple of hundred pounds, and I think you also have iMovie as well on just on the okay. Mac. But top of the list, DaVinci Resolve. All right, okay, that's that's a that's a good one. And I was expecting you to say it's going to cost thousands, but I, mean, I suppose there's no excuse for not using it. And I suppose I suppose like we do these days, if you're using any software, even if you know it really well. Like I know Facebook ads really well, but sometimes I'm like, oh God, I forgot how to do that. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And I'll go into YouTube, quickly YouTube it. And, yeah, 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 yeah. and you can find that. And I suppose if you, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I've, I know for a fact there'll probably be videos on YouTube about uh, DaVinci Resolve and do, how to do certain elements of it. So that's that's really good. I suppose coming up to, I suppose, towards the end of uh, our chat, when you're talking about video and film, it's, it's expensive. Even if you're even for a business to do the most basic, it involves time, includes resources, so it can be expensive. Is there any like like typical mistakes or something that people can, or things they can not do, or basically any tips you'd provide for when it comes to filming? Now this again is another tough question. I would say that 
if you're in that world, okay, yeah. and obviously there's a lot of kit. It's expensive, right? It's expensive. Yeah. So the, like what you just said now about DaVinci, what you asked about editing, DaVinci Resolve. I mean, most people have never heard of DaVinci Resolve. Okay. No, likewise. <laughs> exactly. Some people would just go, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're a one-person band, you know, if, if you're just a one-person, mm. you think, right, I'm going to start doing this video in. Uh, I've got my camera, but I just need to buy editing software. So I'm just going to buy Premiere Premier Pro, which is probably about £25 a month, I think, you have to mm. pay. So, you know, number one well, tips is do your research. You know, mm. join, like, Facebook groups, forums uh, of people of like groups of within the industry who can advise you and oh, help. Okay, yeah. yeah. For example, there's some microphones that we, that I used to use back in the day from a company called Boya. So B-O-Y-A. Yeah. And those microphones are absolutely amazing. And they're a third of the price of, you know, some of the market leader microphones, but they do exactly the same thing. Okay. So do your research into equipment as well, because you can find some really, really good equipment that does exactly the same job as really high-end equipment. So some of the mistakes I would say people do is just, you know, go out and buy the best gear all the oh, time. Right. And that has its advantages sometimes because obviously, you know, if you're buying quality, that will last you longer, right? It'll last you longer. But that's yeah. where doing your research comes in and asking people, because these people will give you advice. Yeah, yeah. No, we do it ourselves. I mean, there's marketing yeah. groups and, and like you say, I think, I suppose it's a simple one, but yeah, do your research. I suppose that's good. Yeah, do your research. I would really say that and ask people and, you know, keep your ear to the ground and just be really immersed in that, in that industry, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, that's, that's a really, really good practical one. So yeah, join Facebook groups, do your research, ask questions. So at least even if you're invested in kit or you're about to embark on something important yeah. at least then you've got a good way of doing it yeah and with oh. kit as well amazon reviews amazon reviews are great you know. i think these days i'm 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 probably bought into amazon probably because of you because you told me about prime once and i was like well, what earth would you pay for it for i'm already paying for it and once you use it you're like oh this is really good because like these days it's not real brand loyalty almost i, I go on amazon see what i want see the price see the reviews and see when I can get it. I mean, they're the three things I look at and that's it. And like you say, it's basically what other people have said. So if the reviews are good, it must be good kind of thing. So uh, what have you got planned now? So what, what does the rest of 2022 look like for you now? Uh, yes, it's quite exciting to be honest. So we're working on three documentaries. The two okay. documentaries you've wrapped filming and we're just editing it now. So the documentary, you can see them on the website, arif.uk. And then another documentary that we're halfway through filming, which is quite a powerful documentary where we've got a crew and I'm working with a colleague of mine, Stephen Wyatt, and a few of the students as well. And that's going to be, that's quite a powerful documentary that we're halfway through shooting at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, and are you, like, how does it work in terms of, like, did you say you're going to submit some of them for like like peer review and stuff like that yeah yeah we'd, we'd uh, hopefully you know when these docs are finished we you know we submit them to film festivals you know we'll see i mean we've got a nice yeah. producer we've got a really good producer mike morris he's working on these documentaries as well so he'll know the exact you know channels to put them through so yeah film festivals and and just get you know some nice content out there and with a nice story maybe it'll give that awareness about you know the documentary i mean one of the documentaries we're shooting is about a syrian immigrant who uh, 10 years ago, she was in Syria living happily. She was had to, she had dreams of becoming an, a, an Olympian, the first Syrian Olympian. And then overnight 
her house was bombed and she lost a leg. You know, and fast forward 10 years later, she's in the UK now. You know, she's gone through all these barriers, mental struggle, physical, financial. She's in the UK now with a prosthetic leg, running marathons, raising money for people in, in Syria. So we're going to actually shoot her running the Manchester Marathon in on May the 22nd. She runs with a prosthetic leg, yeah. God, that's quite, that is, that's quite powerful. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see some of your, your name and lights at some of these film festivals. <laughs> Obviously, if you get a ticket for cams or anything like that, remember me. I don't mind travelling there to, to be part of the glitz and glamour. But if anybody wants to get in touch with you, the, they've got the website, arif.uk, which is double A-R-I-F. Yeah, uh, please dot, yeah, get in uh, touch. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and get in touch, they can do, yeah. Yeah, and then on Instagram, it's basically at arif.films. You, you, you've got quite a nice following on Instagram, haven't you? You've got a good little following, loads of engagement and stuff. And I think, like say, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use that phrase all the time now, by the way. They like their BTS footage, don't they? So <laughs> behind this... <laughs> Oh yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, say that every opportunity I get. But no, people people like to see what happens behind the scenes. How many? How much care have you got? Who's involved? And it's like goes back to the BBC thing we said before about the Olympics. It's interesting because we don't usually get the chance to see it. But uh, but yeah, thanks very much for your time, Arif. I really really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll see how the rest of 2022 pans out. Yeah, okay. Thanks, for us, guys. Th nice thank, thank yeah. Thanks very much, and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. You've been watching the Kaz Lalji Digital Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe to learn about our latest content.